Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashef and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. <laughs> That's everybody. Yeah. You're one or the other. So yeah, there's no gonna, point in trying to think of a third. You were going to say something? No, no, I don't usually jump in until after you <laughs> After the I full r- effect of that silly thing. <laughs> ramble on for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's me rambling on. Yeah. I saw on, uh, somewhere, was it on uh, on Facebook or something, somebody was saying you were at their homebrew club meeting and you were having... Drunk? Their, no. Well, Naked? No. They didn't say that. A troublemaker? Pain they they wanted to throw you out. No, no. They, you had some, uh, one of the Can You Brew It beers there, and you were having them sample. What was it? The, uh, yeah, the Green yeah, Belt guys. Yeah, yeah went to the Green Belt uh, Homebrew Club meeting. I, the second time you've been there. I mean, we, I was yeah. with you the first time you went yeah. there, and we had the Black Butte there. What did you take? I forget. Right. I took um, I took a bottle of the Captain Lawrence. I had one bottle of the oh. Captain Lawrence left, nice. the Extra Gold, right. which everybody just adored. Yeah. Freaking fantastic beer. No, that was a clone beer or the actual commercial. That was beer? the commercial. The commercial. Beer I didn't itself. have. I didn't have any more of the clone. Oh, okay. And then I took. Uh, you gave me a bottle of the the Nugnia no. oh. Porter, and yeah. I had a bottle of the commercial. So I took those. Oh, two. so you're able to do the side by side with the, the people. Side by side, right? Yeah. And then um, what did they think? Was it a clone? Uh, you know, it wasn't that close. <laughs> After because it was probably what a month or more. Yeah. And it, it it had changed slightly, uh-huh. and so it was still pretty close, but it wasn't. Uh, hmm. I, I'm not sure we would have called it cloned at that point. I don't know. It was, I guess, about a. It must have been about last summer, I guess. Early early in the show's uh, sequence, where I did a couple at a brew club. I did, uh, I think it was the Calico Amber and uh, mm-hmm. another one, mm-hmm. and they and I had them vote like they did blind tasting, right? And I had enough beer that we could have like a, I think six of each beer. And it was like, you know, five to one. So we're pretty much they agreed they were clones. So it was pretty right, cool. right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I uh, enjoyed going. Good people down there. And uh, they do that down at the uh, Suvark, uh yeah. Brewery. That's a nice location there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had a lot of fun. It's not that far from, from where I'm at. It's, it takes me maybe 30 minutes to get yeah, out there. Yeah, it's all interstate. Yeah, you know, compared to driving out here, it takes me uh, freaking forever. Yep. Um... <laughs> I, I, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to thank our, our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. Without them, we're nothing. We're nothing. Not we're, very much to begin with, right? But we're a little more than nothing with them. Yes. So, if you get a chance, go by the Northern Brewer website and uh, check them out, and uh, thank them for sponsoring us and making this show possible. Good people, good prices, good products. Uh, NorthernBrewer.com. dot com. Check it out, and they're gonna, you know, if you're. Heading out for the uh, the conference, the National Homebrew Conference. It's in Minneapolis, Northern Brewer, right there. And uh, I'm actually going to uh, tour out on the uh, in the RV 
with uh, Peter Simons, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna put 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 on out there. We're gonna actually take like eight days and do like fifteen stops along the way. Wow, <laughs> you guys got small bladders. And uh, oh, you yeah. got a RV. You don't need to worry. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drink a bunch. So how long's the last leg? Right, where, where are you gonna go? What's the last stop? And then before you head into uh, um, like uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Okay, you can pick up a caravan there. You don't have like a Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Followers. If, if other people want to follow along, that's fine. Yeah, people through all those states can, like, yeah, say. Don't yeah. don't ask to, to pee in the RV. Oh, yeah, like that's that. right. You know, you have to stay outside. But other than that, you're welcome to your. You're not even going to let, uh, let Peter Simons even go in there, are you? You're no, no, let, no. You're he's, like, he's got to run alongside. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He's got to run alongside. Yeah. Well, and uh, another person I want to thank uh, is BYO. You know, they're. Uh, Good sponsor as well. We got a, a nice deal with them. If you get a chance, uh, you know, check out the the BYO link on the Brewing Network site. You just click on that big BYO subscription graphic. If you sign up, Brewing Network gets half that money, and uh, it's generous of uh, brew, brew your own. I also uh, do a regular column for them on Style Profile. So lots of fun. And one more piece of business. Hey, you know, we've got uh, uh, a uh, international correspondent. I don't know if you knew that. No, you know we can't be everywhere. What's her What's her name? I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't wake up Another at three a.m. every day, every time oh, and do true. these shows. That's true. So I've uh, sloughed that off onto somebody else. We got uh, uh, a great guy, Neil Spake. Hey, Neil. How's it going, Jamil? All right. How you doing? Thanks for joining oh, us. No problem. It's a pleasure. As I said, uh, Neil is our uh, one of our international correspondents. He's been handling the uh, the uh, British division oh. of the uh, the Can You Brew It Empire. Nice. Uh, Neil, you're you're a big fan of uh, uh, beers from from Britain, and and I, one of the ways we kind of uh, became introduced with one another was uh, you've got your your website, your ScottishBrewing.com, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. And how did you get into this deep interest in, in Scottish beers? Uh, it's hard to explain, but it, it all started. Uh, I've had the privilege in my day job of traveling over in the Glasgow area for a number of years, and I've just developed a real love for the beer, cast-conditioned ales, and a lot of the local Scottish breweries, not the big ones, but the smaller ones, mm-hmm. do some great products, and uh, it's not just 80 shilling anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. So it just kind of snowballed from there, and uh, I actually started home brewing. This is not not a joke <laughs> to clone Duker's IPA by the Caledonian Brewery, mm-hmm. and I have yet to do it, but I'll never stop. <laughs> well, you just need to go and interview him. Get a, get a, <laughs> get an interview. Get a recipe. Actually, yeah, definitely. Yeah, when when uh, when I was uh, touring through Caledonia, and uh, had a friend take a bunch of pictures of. Uh, of uh, clipboards and uh, data sheets and stuff. Well, we're kind of lagging behind on the tour. I'm like, all right, they're not looking now. <laughs> got a bunch of photos, so uh, I have some data on some of their beers. Yeah, I got as much as I could from them when I was there. I visited a number of years ago, but mm-hmm. as you know, they're pretty tight-lipped. <laughs> right, right. Well, then, uh, that's one of the things. You're you're traveling over there, and uh you're also, um, you know, in a uh, different time zone than me, so you're a little closer there for those uh, early morning or late night calls, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad at all. It's only six hours difference from here, so mm-hmm. it's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. 
Great. Well, and uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, joining in. So if people have, uh, you know, other other British beers that they're interested in, they should, you know, send those uh Send those requests, and we've already got a number of them. And uh, Neil's uh, working uh, uh, diligently on on acquiring all those interviews. So, uh, uh, but we can always use more, and uh, we'll we'll nail those down. So, uh, as you might guess, we probably have a challenge based on uh, some British beer. What would that be, Justin? We do. We have a nice challenge today. We had a caller uh, call in to request it of you guys. So here you go. Hi, this is Cooter from McLovin, Texas. And I wanted to request from the Black Sheep Brewery, their Rig Welter. It's a great British brown ale. And uh, I know the Pope would do really well brewing one of those. And uh, it's all about, uh, the story about it's all about a, a sheep turned over on his back. And... Uh, you know, that kind of excites me a little bit. And uh, and uh, anyways, I thought that if you guys could brew this, I'd really love to uh, see if you're up to the challenge. Uh, can you brew it? And uh, suck it, Tasty. <laughs> All right, oh. yeah. Well, uh, you know, thanks thanks to uh, uh, Cooter there for his uh, fine uh, request. Cooter. That is that is a great beer. Actually, you know, that's... Do I know him? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe yeah. that's that's <laughs> he likes you. Only friends can say that to me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's one of my favorite beers, and uh, I think that's an awesome, awesome uh, challenge for us. And yeah, it's heartfelt. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I've got that beer in my fridge, uh, huh. you know, almost all the time. I oh. love, I love the Black Sheep uh, Rig Welter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rig Welter is it's some word for like when a sheep is on its back with its legs up in the air. It's a shearing thing or something, or, uh, or maybe it's I don't like know. A, that or a, like a sheep sex thing or something. Yeah, Who knows? Sheep born. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and, and uh, you know the the uh, the first thing that uh, we did was uh, get our uh, our international correspondent on it, right, Neil? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and how are you feeling about these challenges of uh, of nailing down these these breweries on these things? Oh, I I absolutely enjoy it. It's a a real pleasure for me. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, the brewers so far have been really accommodating. It's a lot of fun. Right, right. Well, and Neil uh, also helped me get some photos for uh, the East Book from the uh, the Black Sheep Brewery because uh, they use these uh, interesting uh, round Yorkshire squares. So they use this this yeast that uh, is using a Yorkshire square system, but they've got like round stainless ones with mm-hmm. the uh, so you got me some great photos from them. So I'm trying to get those into the book right now since we're already a little past our deadline. Anyways, uh, so the first thing we did was uh, turn to Neil, and Neil turned to the uh, brewery and uh, got an interview from them. What we'll do is uh, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, uh, we'll hear from uh, Neil and the uh, Black Sheep Brewery back after this. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be at a 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked! Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss! What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost! Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. 
I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, drizzle, spalt, and fart Y yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com do you support the brewing network do you brew your own are you looking for any economical fun and legal way to do both subscribe to brew your own magazine and do just that all year long brew your own will surprise you entertain you and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zalashev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard, and polish your style accuracy with Jamel. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewing network, or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. You're listening to the Brewing Network. This is Neil Spake for the Brewing Network, and it's my pleasure to have on the line with me Mr. Alan Dunn. He's head brewer at the Black Sheep Brewery in Yorkshire, England. Hello, Alan. Good afternoon. Could you tell us, for our listeners that aren't too familiar, just a little bit about Black Sheep Brewery? 
Yes, certainly. Um, <clears throat> the Black Sheep Brewery uh, is what we would class as a, uh, a successful regional brewery in the UK. Probably production-wise, we're doing about 80,000 barrels a year. Um, trying to think what that might be in your terms. Probably about 140,000 hectolitres. Um, a fairly modern new company we started in 1992 uh, and that came about from Paul Feakston uh, parting ways with his cousins at the original T&R Feakston Brewery in Massam <clears throat> he set up his own company in, as I say in 1992 uh, from then on we've developed and we've probably seen uh, double digit percentage growth year on year up to last year when uh, the economic climate took a slight turn, uh, as it has done globally, and we've sort of had to uh, rein things in a little bit and developments have been put on hold. But otherwise, we, we are a cask brewer. 70% um, of our beer is produced for cask ale. Um, the remainder does go for bottling, and we specialise in the 500 milliliter uh, premium bottle sector for the supermarkets. Great. And the, not only the the Thiexton name, but that Masham area of Yorkshire is pretty pretty famous for a historical area of England. Is that correct? It is indeed. It's, it's a very very old market town um, based on agriculture, and in particular uh, sheep. Uh, hence the name, probably. But uh, sheep market is still held uh, annually now uh, in September, as it happens. That will be coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but we do have TNR Thiexton established for many years, back in the 1850s, uh, and ourselves. Um, so we, we're becoming the dom predominant uh, force in the north of England. And how about yourself? How long have you been with the brewery, and what is your industry uh, experience and background in brewing? Okay, I started back in 1979. My background was as microbiologist. Um, I started work with what was then Whitbread, or probably InBev as it is today. Um, work in the laboratory, quality control. Uh, eventually I moved on from there I went to what was then the Ruddles Brewery back uh, in Langham in the Midlands another famous old name Yes. and eventually moved on through the, into production and became the head brewer for the last couple of three years at Ruddles until unfortunately they were uh, taken over you know, one, one step too far and unfortunately was closed down so that left me with something, uh, time on my hands, looking for what to do next, uh, when the opportunity to apply to come up to the Black Sheep Brewery, and that was in 1999. Uh, I was fortunate to get the position, uh, second brewer then. Uh, I've been here now 10 years, uh, head brewer for the last three to four. Excellent, excellent. So as as I had discussed while we were setting this up, the, the premise of this show is... Uh, called Can You Brew It, where uh, our listeners email in with some of their favorite beers and sure. ask, ask our expert home brewers out there in California to try to reproduce it. And today's topic is a, a beer of yours named Rigwelter, or is it Rigvelter? No, Rigwelter with a Okay, w. and that, that uh, beer name actually has a pretty interesting background, does it not? 
It does indeed. It's a, uh, an old Norse uh, word. Obviously, the Vikings did get into the north of England many years ago, uh, and it relates to the a situation where the sheep uh, will will fall, slip, and end up on its uh, back, and it's quite difficult for the poor thing to get back on his four legs. Maybe it's been been drinking too much Rigwell, but who knows. Ah, uh, there but, you go. <laughs> but that, that's, that's where the word do, derives from, and if you look at our labels or pump clips, you'll see the, the black sheep on its back. Right, right, and those, the, the pump clips and the labels are, are brilliant. The, I don't know who you got to, to do the artistry, but they're, they're very no, striking. Thank you. Very thank nice. You. Some, some details about the, the recipe itself? <clears throat> Um, yeah, sure. Can you tell me what the starting gravity of this beer is? Starting gravity of Rig Welter is uh, a 1056, and we will aim to uh, ferment as fully as we can, uh, ending up with about a 5.9% ABV for cask beer. Um, and, of course, by the time it's processed through into the into the glass bottling, we will probably lose about 0.2 percent hence a label declaration of 5.7 okay and what what does it finish out at how well attenuated is this beer do you know we we would typically see uh, a final gravity of around nine and a half uh but you know typically we could see it as low as eight and a half okay great and what about the color do you know what the color rating is for, for Certainly, the yes. Uh, the color we aim for and, and usually achieve <laughs> is uh, 60 EBC units. Okay. Um, and uh, that obviously is brought around by the materials using the grist itself. Exactly. And the, the bitterness of this beer? Bitterness? Um, by, by, I think probably by your standards, quite low. We're only at 35 EBU. Um, I know there's quite a lot of uh, the American beers that we, we actually get over here that uh, strive to, that might be a starting point, and like to work their way up with the hot bitterness. Um, and, and too right to, to try these things, but we're a bit more conservative, so we're a 35. Right, right. And it pretty well suits the style of this, this beer, though, right? Wouldn't you say? We, we do, as I say, but... For, for a British, it's it's beer. It's it's quite high. Uh, sorry, it's at the high end at thirty-five. Right. Um, fermenting that far out, you're going to get some dryness. But obviously, the the amount of um, uh, uh, malt etc. that go in there, you you know, you've got that sweet, sharp, bitter balance to get right. And so we we think it suits it well. Right. Okay. And what is your typical batch size? It barrels is fine. We can we can translate that. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah. Uh, we, we're typically brewing uh, a 200 barrel batch. 200 barrels at a time. Okay, wonderful. Yep. And this is considered a strong ale in your area. Is that true? It, it's considered, uh, particularly on the bar, um, people would, would consider it a strong ale. Uh, we're probably sort of top of the middle. For bottle beers, there are more and more beers coming out now in the UK where, where the ABV is, is is higher. Right. Okay. Uh, so, how about the grist in this? What uh, What is the grist bill for this beer? And yeah, sure. If you're willing to give us percentages, that would be fantastic. Well, I'll go with percentages. Okay. Uh, I'm quite happy with that. Okay. Um, 
80 percent were straight maris otter pale ale malt okay the old traditional standby yep um on top of that we have a six percent of crystal malt uh that's a color of a 130 ebc five okay. percent um pale chocolate malt um, that's got has a color of 500 ebc and the remaining nine percent is actually torrified wheat torrified wheat okay yep that's a f- fairly common thing used in Britain, from my understanding. I I don't think it's used that often here. Well, as you're probably aware, we, we have the great north-south debate of whether you have a, a big head on your draft beer or not. Exactly. Um, we're, obviously, we're in the north. We, we have a, a bitterness, sweet balance that you need a nice head to drink it through to, to appreciate the flavor most. Therefore, we put the 9% wheat in. That helps with foam stability in the pint. Right. So any uh, caramels used for coloring or sugars or anything? Or any no, other kind no, of... no, 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 no caramel. Wonderful. I'm <laughs> glad to hear it. <laughs> Very glad to hear it. Um, who is? Where do you get your malt from? Because at least me as a home brewer, I try to, to get as accurate as I can to the real recipe. And sure. we, we do have a pretty good variety of imported grains sure. here in the States. Sure. The, we, we use, for the pale malt, the Marisotta, with us various um, supplies that we can call on. But one in particular, and a supplier of the coloured malt in particular, is Thomas Fawcett at Castleford. Yes, okay. That's exactly who I use <laughs> for, oh, almost, for almost everything. And I also read an article not too long ago that you had a couple local farmers that actually grew some barley and it was sent off to faucets to be malted? Indeed. Um, they, they developed it. It was about second or third year before they got sufficient quantities off the field to, uh, to be commercially viable. But yes, it, it, it ends up a faucet that has been um, malted successfully. Uh, I think there's more... Um, interest in doing something similar not only locally but in in some farms because Marisotta being an old variety has to be grown uh, to contract so we, we're fixing contracts ahead and, and a price uh, for the, the guys, you know, the farmers know what they're going to get uh, which helps So that, and it will be a premium for, for Marisotta right. uh, so yes it, 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 it started to, to take favour again I just think that's a really interesting story that you actually have local farmers. That's uh, that's mm. really really mm. unique. Okay, um, the the mash schedule for this beer. I assume it's a single infusion mash. It is a single infusion mash. Correct. Uh, we we because we're looking for a fairly good attenuation on this. We will mash uh, what I would consider at the, the low end, sixty six degrees centigrade. Okay. Um, we probably we only stand for forty minutes because our runoff is extremely uh, sedate, okay. <laughs> shall we say? So there's a forty-minute stand. We start to run off through the underback to our work kettle, uh, and then we're sparging at seventy-four centigrade. Okay. And typically, how long is that runoff? The the sparge time. Uh, we we will take two, two and a quarter hours. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. Quite interesting. Okay. And do you do you treat your water at all? 
We do. Um, we're, we're quite fortunate and we have our own borehole water supply, uh, which is very consistent, but being uh, from its source, it's, it's alkalinity and hardness is a little on the high, so we do treat with a, a sort of a classic gypsum um, acid addition. Okay. All right. Yeah, and that's that seems very common. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, what is the the boil time for this? Well, we boil in kettle for uh, one hour. And what is the hopping schedule? The Hops. We yeah, sure. The, the the hopping schedule, as you call it. We tend to have a, sort of a base recipe for our beers of of British hops, uh, and in there you've got the classic Fuggles, Goldings. Uh, we also have Progress and Challenger um, at various rates, depending on the beer we're producing. The key thing with the Black Sheep uh, Rig Welter is that we use Goldings in a large quantity as a late hop, which gives it its, uh, some of its unique character. Okay, so um, your bittering hop addition then would be would be boiled for about how long and what type of hops is that? <clears throat> for the bittering we will use uh, a blend of, sort of progress and challenger uh, maybe a little bit of fuggle in there uh, but we will boil that out for the full hour uh, we then use an intermediate vessel called a hop back okay. where our late hops, the goldings will go in and we cast the copper after boil on top of the late hop so they're really they're getting a, a scalding because uh, all we're looking there for is the aroma right so so you don't do like a late hop addition in the boil kettle like at 15 minutes to go or anything like that no it's all, no all of the aroma no. comes from from the hops in the hop back exactly okay and those are all golding they are okay and how do you how do you pick the mix? Uh, this is something that's always interested me between uh, what percentage of progress and challenger to use fuggle or not to use fuggle for your bittering. How do you make those decisions? But is it based on the acid level of each of those hops uh, for the the batches that you get? You certainly go in to get um, seasonal variety in the alpha acids from your from your hops. Um, but progress and challenge if you know very well established varieties give a consistent um, uh, alpha acid that you can rely on and you know you're going to get a good bitterness flavor out of them whether you add fuggle or not it, well good question um, probably if there's a season of plenty where you don't want to use uh, you can afford to use fuggles you will probably add some in maybe a bit short on supply of fuggles and you're relying, say, on fuggles to be your late hop for aroma, which is key in certain varieties, then you, you, you may ease that back a bit. Um, all, at the end of the day, heading towards your target EBU. Right, okay. Uh, what is what is the typical balance, if, if you don't mind my asking, between the Progress and the Challenger? Which one has a higher percentage than, than the other? Oh, in those two, we probably we probably use equal, roughly equal amounts of each. Roughly equal, okay. Yeah, that's, that's probably great. a small amount of fuggle in there, but I'd say it's the goldings that, uh, that that give it that oomph, shall we say? Right. And what quantity-wise, these golding late hops, since they don't really contribute a whole lot of the bitterness, 
what is in perspective to the to the amount that you add for the bittering? Is there like a rule of thumb that you use for how much to throw in at the late end? Um, I wouldn't necessarily it's a, a rule of thumb as such, but um, you, you get a feel for the variety. You you have a, a good expectation of what you're going to get. Um, I think purely by the, the size of the batch we're brewing lends itself to, to some, some consistency there. Um, but in terms of how much, yes. If you if you're saying you know your total hop bill uh, for the bitterness, we're probably adding the equivalent of seventy percent of that as an aroma hop. Okay. Pure, purely as goldings. Okay. Great, thank you for that. Um, now the yeast is this. I assume this is a, a house yeast of yours. Do you use the same yeast in all your beers? We do. It's a very old yeast that originated uh, back in uh, an old brewery called Hardy and Hansen's. Right. It was based in Nottingham. Uh, as a black sheep being quite young set up in 92 there wasn't a case of we had any yeast we had to go and find um, a like-minded brewer who was prepared to let us have their yeast uh, and they were they were kind enough to do that um, but since then we this, the fermentation system we use we, we we pitched back in 92 and we've pitched and cropped off the same ongoing yeast ever since touch wood right yeah. and if I understand it correctly, um, Black Sheep is one of the few breweries left that still has some Yorkshire Stone fermenters. Is that correct? We do. We, we've got three of our original Yorkshire squares, as they're called, and they are square in shape. It looks like a, a cube made out of slate, as it happens. So it's dressed slate, slotted and jointed. Um, with internal uh, cooling coil uh, suspended down to the centre manway because they also uh, you, uh, particular to our fermenters is they, they have uh, an upper deck as well Right, and could you, could you just describe a little bit about how that works how the yeast propagates itself and what you see uh, the advantage or how that translates into how these beers might be different than beers that don't use this method? Yeah, sure. The the, the, the idea of having this... Uh, open vessels were nothing new many years ago. The, the idea of having the upper deck, which uh, a brewer in Yorkshire uh, brought to the table, shall we say, was that as the fermentation uh, progressed towards the end of its uh, time, you could retain a lot of your yeast on the upper deck. Now, that's a good idea, but, right. but the particular strains we have are very flocculent, uh, and if they were left to their own devices, they, they would start to settle, even during fermentation, and may, maybe at the beginning of fermentation when there's not enough vigorous uh, activity going on, uh, it, it takes something to get them started fermenting. So, this system relies on rousing the, the wort, so it takes wort and yeast from the bottom of the fermenter and sprays it onto the top deck, and it does that for a period of six minutes every three hours, 
during its fermentation cycle. Now, as you can imagine, the action of that obviously keeps the yeast in suspension, aids fermentation, but you do get a lot of oxygenation in the yeast right. by spraying the wort on top of the deck. Now, that, as, as I'm sure your listeners will will know, that the oxygenation in yeast is going to produce particular flavour notes, and that uh, is one of the things that's unique to the black sheep beers. Exactly, right. Uh, and I also read recently... Uh, the unfortunately dear departed Michael Jackson, his theory was that this method contributes to that creaminess of Yorkshire beers. Do you do you uh, subscribe to that theory? Oh, I, I certainly do. It, 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 it's the yeast itself is uh, it's, it's not a single strain. It's it is a, a, a mix strain. Uh, so again, it's it's quite key to pitch, ferment and crop the yeast at set times to try and keep the proportions of these strains uh, the same um, but this, this rousing action and this, this, this ability to absorb a lot of oxygen really does lend itself to this yes, I quite agree, a creamy uh, flavour Wonderful, and the primary fermentation temperature that you shoot for? We collect it about 18 centigrade. Uh, we'll allow it to naturally rise to around 20, 21 degrees. It will be held there, typically uh, no more than, say, 72 hours, at which point we, we cool, but we cool very slowly. We'll probably drop it for, to 10 degrees centigrade, uh, but no less than about 36 hours to do that at which point we allow it to stand another couple of days in ferment at 10 degrees uh, as a sort of a you know, diacetyl rest, etc. Right. Then from, from that step, is there a conditioning step prior to you, say, if it's a cask beer, that it's uh, racked for casking or head sure, to the bottom yes, line? Sure. Um, at the end of approximately seven days, we've got, we've got our beer at 10 degrees centigrade all the excess yeast will be removed we will then transfer the beer into a holding tank as you say a conditioning tank typically uh, we would have yeast counts around about 2 to 3 million at that point Uh, we would look to store it again at 10 degrees centigrade for at least 24 preferably 48 hours uh, at which point we're probably offering beer to cast with a yeast count of around half, three quarters of a million okay. cells per mill. And when you rack it to the cast, do you prime it or fine it in any way? We, we farm. We don't, don't find we need to put any primings in. There's um, still enough active stuff to, to get the carbonation while it's in the cask? Yes, there's plenty of yeast there. There's plenty of residual sugars lying around in the beer, so there's, there's good secondary fermentation takes place. Okay. Um, but we do add uh, isinglass finings at a, a typical two and a half pint per barrel kind of rate to help uh, the, the beer when it's out in trade. And the casks are not dry hopped, correct? You rely solely on the late hop? Rely solely on late hop for aroma. We don't uh, go in for the, for the dry hop. Okay, and then beers for bottling, which is obviously what we're going to get here in America... Are they filtered, pasteurized, anything like that? Sure, they, the beer is taken from site because we don't have our own bottling facility. Um, 
put our partners take the beer uh, cold store down to minus one degree centigrade for sort of a minimum of ten days. Uh, we're looking for sort of real protein stability, hay stability at that point. We will then uh, bottle and pasteurise, as you say, then distribute it throughout the UK and some parts of the globe. Wonderful. And here's the the, the ever-ending controversial topic, the, <laughs> the, the serving temperature. What What do you recommend both on the bar in a cask and in the bottled format? Does the serving temperature uh, play into this at all in the way of getting the most out of the flavors? We would suggest, to, in cask form, we would like to see our beers served at around no less than 12 and a half degrees maybe up to 14 and a half degrees would be ideal uh there is a trend uh for where bigger outlets are selling colder beers lagers uh nitrogenated ales etc uh that they run their cellars colder and and the cast beers may suffer because the you know the ambient temperature is down at nine degrees centigrade right uh doesn't do us any good at all the bottle beer we we actually put on our labels uh certainly for the uk that we serve them at 13 centigrade um i would think that was typically 30 minutes or so in the ordinary kitchen refrigerator and i should be ready to drink right okay that's great because uh, i have this discussion i don't know how many times about how it's not warm <laughs> yeah i consider that the cellar temperature just the perfect perfect temperature for these these style of beers i totally agree right okay that i really appreciate your time uh on rig welter is there anything you'd like to add here at the end uh no just i'd like to thank you appreciate that uh, there's you've got people out there who, who know about the black sheep brewery know about rig welter hopefully know a little bit more about its its style, its conception, the way we make it, the way we'd like to drink it, um, and you know, hopefully, someone out there will give it their best shot and come, not exactly, but quite close to uh, <laughs> tasting the same. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP four hundred. What you're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah, mother... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. 
Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. You know, Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? Woohoo! Told you I like this beer. Get me up there. Knocking back it's an the easy uh, drinker. Oh yeah, as it warms up, it builds a a, a lot of character uh, for the beer there as well. All right, so uh, during the break, what we did was a uh, blind tasting. We had uh, the star and the circle was uh, the two cups that they were that the group was presented with blind tasting and. Uh, Need a chance to evaluate it. Let's start with uh, Justin. What did you think of this uh, this clone attempt here? I think it's a great clone. I think it's a uh, a good beer to start with. Mm-hmm. I think Neil did an awesome job, by the way. I got Neil back on with us too. Yeah, um, he absolutely but did. But really great job, Neil, in that interview. Very interesting. 
Thanks very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's fun to listen to. Sounded like uh, I was listening to one of the Beatles all the time. Um, I can't find a difference in this beer, man. This is one of those ones that is so cloned that uh, <laughs> this is remarkable. This one's really remarkable how cloned it is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there were some notes where where one, you know, the aroma was a little more intense, but exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that the uh, the circle glass was the um, was the commercial beer. Um, I think I might be wrong. They're so close together. Uh, this is very, very cloned. There's not a thing to change about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. one of the, the most, same recipe? Yeah, one of the most cloned beers I've tasted. Tasty? Well, I'm not from Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. I, but, I can uh, tell that by the cut of your jib. Yeah, you can tell by my accent. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with uh, just maybe the slightest uh, slightest thing in, the, in a little bit of the malt. Uh, I mean, so slight, it's hardly worth mentioning. Uh, which is yours is just a little bit maltier in the middle. I thought just mm-hmm. just a little bit. It's a almost a mouthfeel thing rather than a than a flavor. But uh, creamy. <laughs> they both are creamy. Uh, I was gonna. I was thinking. Well, I want to listen to the interview and uh, the the, the uh, Yorkshire system. I guess that's one mm-hmm. of the things that it would impart would be creaminess. And uh, so I specifically looked for that. And I couldn't tell any difference mm-hmm. in creaminess. I mean, I don't know what that is, but to me, it's tasted the same as far as mouthfeel. So they're both very good. The same beer as far as I'm concerned, so 100% cloned. Cloned. Well, and we, we had Chad in here, but he's feeling a little we, under, we came for under the free the beer. So yeah, once he had the free beer, uh, he said, uh, cloned. He did. And then he, le- and then he, he got left. sick. And then he <laughs> left. Got sick after drinking my beer and left. When did go oh. get a hoppy beer? Maybe that's the not cloned part. Uh, for me, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think they're cloned. And I was kind of surprised because... Um, you know, I was really worried. I mean, they got the Yorkshire Square, the round Yorkshire Square going. A different process. You didn't bring your square out for this one. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I, I you know, the, my slate. You made was, one? My slate was out for cleaning, I and so uh, I, I couldn't put the square together. Um, and then uh, you know, the yeast that they get, uh, you know, they get their yeast from, uh, you know, they got it from another brewery in Yorkshire that has since gone out of business. Or have been closed down or something, and uh, so they, I mean they've got their pitch of yeast that they're working with, and uh, you know they're not like cracking open the dry packs of uh, you know yeah. Nottingham yeast and pitching it in there. No, they got their own. I assume they're so, banking that somewhere over there. Somewhere. But uh, yeah, I, I consider them really close as well. Um, <laughs> I, I was really surprised at how how close these are, and I'd, I'd call it cloned as well. Neil, you don't have the beer in front of you, but uh, would you call it cloned? Oh man, that's really unfortunate too. <laughs> but I, 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 uh, I'll I'll take your guys' word for it. Right. Honestly, that's that's a pretty unanimous decision. That sounds great. And we, we did uh, we did send you some of the uh, rig welter to to try before you uh, did the interview, so you're familiar with it. Yeah, for some reason, uh, I I was surprised when Justin played the request because it's almost impossible to find here in texas uh-huh. so thanks thanks for sending me a sample i really appreciate sure, it sure oh yeah cooter is a long time listener oh yeah yeah uh, i thought i recognized his voice first time requester <laughs> now i'm curious if you're surprised uh that it w- that it was cloned uh, like jamil was neil uh, given the different uh you know unique practices that uh, black sheep brewery uses i'd have to say i'm very surprised even despite how great jamil is See? Uh, only be only because of those things. It just uh, when you, when you visit these breweries, you know the open fermentation. There's mm-hmm. just so many different mm-hmm. things that 
we right. can't do at the homebrew level the hop back mm-hmm. all that stuff sure we can do you know similar things but uh that's that spray system have you got that in the garage <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah right. you know but again my my slate was out for cleaning so i wasn't able to exactly yeah hook so it all I'd, up i'd say excellent job definitely yeah it, it, very surprising and uh and that was one of the things that that really concerned me was you know what do we do if if we can't clone this? I mean, how to what lanes are we willing to go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to set up like you know an open fermentation with the spray and this whole thing, and yeah. and I'm going to have to like hunt them down and get the yeast and and the, the interesting thing is the yeast was a real trick because all right, so I've got some contacts in the yeast world and I I, I fully leveraged them to my greatest extent possible. I'm like, look, I need to clone this beer <laughs> from Black Sheep. I need yeast. You got any secret yeast you can pass me? Well, and uh, uh, one of the people I contacted was Greg Doss at uh, Y Yeast. Really nice guy. They've been very helpful in the past. And and, uh, and he's like, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't think we do. He's like, yeah, here's a couple of yeasts that you might try. That'll get you fairly close, which is the uh, 1028 and the 1275. And uh, he's like, I'll send you some, and you can try those and see see which. I'm like, okay, great. I'll I'll try. You know, and I, I think this is what you do. If if you don't have the right yeast, you just try a yeast in the same general family, and at least get you very close. So I think any good British yeast should get you some of the character of this beer if if you can't get the yeast that is the the, the ticket here. But what he ended up finding was. That uh, or finally, let me let me put it this way: he what he suggested was for yeast that would get me a similar flavor to Black Sheep Brewery to use their fourteen sixty nine West Yorkshire yeast, and uh, this is a like a special strain for them, so they don't have it year round. And he happened to find like a year old pack and sent that to me uh, along with these other other strains. And so I grew it up, took a few days to swell, and I grew it up once and, and all this. And, you know, I wasn't so certain that this was still going to be the yeast. But, uh, you know, when I do starters, I take a taste of the starter to see, you know, once it's fermented out, I decant the, the liquid into a, into a glass, and then I, you know, do whatever I'm going to do with the yeast. And then I'll taste that decanted starter liquid. And what I did with this yeast... I tasted it and it was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it tasted so good. Nice is up. I drank a pint <laughs> of the starter liquid at room temperature. Well, no, it was in the fridge, okay, and so, it, right. it, it kind of carbonated oh. a little bit to oh. kind of like a, a British cask level. Right, nice. But my starter liquid has no hops in it whatsoever. Right. But it was still so good. <laughs> it had a real nice British uh, yeast character to it. It was like kind of like a uh, oh, kind of cross between a pale mild and maybe like an ordinary bitter without you know any hoppiness. Mm. It was good though. Wow! Drank a whole pint. Make big starter next time. There you go. Bigger starters. I could drink them. Yeah. So uh, so it's the uh, 1469 West Yorkshire uh, yeast. And I told Greg that you guys would be bugging them for uh, 1469 <laughs> West Yorkshire. So, uh, you know, email uh, Y Yeast and, and tell them, hey, you want the uh, 1469 West Yorkshire? It is a killer yeast. It is absolutely fantastic. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a short break? 
And when we come back, I'll give you the rest of the recipe, and uh, we'll go from there. Back after this. Hi. I have a sixer of Lagunitas in the icebox. My roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby. I told her not to call me after 8. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I gotta go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? You loser. Shut up, Doug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my art? Sir, if you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you know that. The hurricane furnace is using propane while you guys talk. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosher to boil the first decoction. Nope, it's scorched. What do you do? Frack, scoop it out and try again. Doug, use your math rake. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, sir. I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. (gasps) Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting 3 Hearted and the collector's item Super Alt. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Have you ever noticed the pathetic look on the face of the Brewcaster poster boy? That's the look of a child that survives on ramen noodles and homebrew. Subprime Meltdown doesn't even begin to describe what this kid has been through. He lives this grim existence for his army, the Brewing Network Army. Times are tough for everybody. It's like getting stuck in time two days before payday. Cash is tighter than a posted IOU stuck in a stripper's sweaty G-string. The unicorn's horn is limp and the rainbow has lost its color. But you can help change all that. If you were to take that sparkling change in your pocket and plop it on the table for the BN instead of that extra pint at happy hour, then the world could be a brighter place. When you buy a round for the BN, you buy a round for yourself and your fellow soldiers. And that's what it's all about. That and being entered into the reoccurring donor monthly raffle. So step up and start your own economic stimulus package. For just a few bucks a month, you can stimulate the unicorn, the rainbow, and a brewcaster. Hit that donate button just like you'd hit on that crazy bitch at the bar right after last call. You'll be really happy about it in the morning. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate chip and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Hey, BNers, Brewcaster Jay here. Are you tired of hearing about great beer here in the Brewing Network that you can't get at your local bottle shop? Well, we do interviews from all over the world, and we want to taste those beers, too. Finally, there's a place to turn for great beers from the other coast and beyond. Brewforia.com. 
Brewforia has an incredible selection of amazing beer, and they're adding more all the time. From breweries big and small, craft beer, imported beer, organic, and even gluten-free, you're going to love all the choices. When the brewcasters can't find an upcoming guest beer, we turn to Brewforia, and you should too. Just check the Brewing Network for the upcoming guest schedule and head to Brewforia.com for their beer. The great guys at Brewforia will even include free beer for you with qualifying orders. Free beer, BN Army. You know we like that. Visit our favorite online bottle shop today at B-R-E-W-F-O-R-I-A.com. That's Brewforia.com. Brewforia. When you can't get it, they can. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. And now, suck it, tasty. Woohoo! All right. So if you're interested in the uh, Black Sheep beers, blacksheepbrewery.com, and they have uh, links there to distributors. They're fairly well distributed in the U.S., and you know, check out the uh, the distribution there, and uh, uh, everything they make is really good. It it is uh, a fantastic brewery making making great beers. And uh, if you want to check out Neil's website, that's the uh, scottishbrewing.com. Uh, all right, so let's see here. Uh, let me go over a quick recipe for the uh, Black Sheep Rig Welter. Uh, starting gravity is going to be 1056. Uh, or no, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah, 1056. Uh, 13.76 <laughs> Play-Doh. Uh, this is for six gallons of wort uh, at the end of the boil. Your anticipated SRM is uh, 19.5. An anticipated IBU of 36.9 using the Rager formula and pellets. Uh, Brewhouse efficiency 70% and a 90 minute uh, boil time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 80% or uh, 4.66 kilograms of a uh, British uh, pale ale malt. I use a crisp uh, Marisotter British pale ale malt. Uh, 6%. Uh, 350 grams of a uh, Crystal Lady, a British Crystal Lady, and I think uh, you know in the interview <clears throat> you're going to hear uh, him say uh, like a, a 120 or something like that. E- but that's EBC, all right. So you need to convert EBC to uh, uh, Love a Bond. So in this case, uh, Crystal Lady, uh, and then five uh, percent uh, or 290 grams of a pale chocolate malt. Now, again, uh, what I used was a, a crisp uh, pale chocolate, which is like a 200 or so level bond. Mm. And uh, we were commenting on it during the tasting that, you know, that chocolate character is identical yeah. between these beers. And it's a signature malt in the beer. Too. Right. So uh, uh, the crisp seemed to work uh, quite well. And then 9% of, uh, or uh, uh, 520 grams of a uh, uh, torrified wheat. And uh, for hops, I went, uh, so the, the recipe that I had uh, originally was 35 grams of Challenger at 7.5% alpha acid, 36.9 IBUs, 60-minute addition. I did not have any Challenger. I subbed out uh, EKG at 5.4% and went 49 grams instead. 
And then uh, my addition at Flame Out was uh, 24.5 grams EKG at 4.75 alpha acid, uh, turning off the flame. Uh, if you are going to brew with uh, extract instead of the British Pale Ale malt, you need to get yourself an extract made with uh, British Pale Ale malt. And, you know, uh, Mutton and Fissons and uh, John Bull and some of those. Or some of the homebrew shops will carry a uh, an extract made from Maris Otter. And that uh, you're going to go with uh, uh, 3.35 kilograms or 74.2% uh, liquid malt extract. Uh, and that should get you exactly the same kind of uh, efficiency as well. Let's see here. Uh, the uh, mash schedule, I went with um, 151 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, uh, 60 minutes. And then I did a uh, mash out at 168 and then uh, sparge from there. For my mash, uh, what I did was... Uh, I had uh, uh, added uh, uh, three grams of gypsum to the mash and three mils of uh, lactic acid to uh, kind of bring everything into the right pH range. And then uh, for my sparge, I acidified that also with lactic acid. And uh, right there, let's see, uh, the uh, finishing gravity, let's see, our starting gravity... Mentioned gravity uh, was supposed to be ten uh, thirteen. Uh, my finishing gravity was ten fourteen, so I was off by a point, but uh, you know, uh, very close. Uh, they gave a range uh, eight and a half to uh, nine and a half Plato, so I was in the range there. I started off at uh, a fermentation of uh, 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I'm fermenting in the better bottle, which is a little smaller than your, your large carboy. It's only six gallons. So I use some uh, anti-foam. And with this yeast, which I really hadn't grown up a whole lot of yeast, it, uh, it just, you know, it took off like a rocket. And even at uh, 66 degrees Fahrenheit was the starting temperature, and it blew. I was using one of the little dry airlocks uh, for the the better bottle, and out of it, it's got a tiny little hole on it, you know, like a sixteenth of an inch in diameter, eighth of an inch in diameter. It's big enough to pass air, and uh, it chugged like a giant grapefruit-sized ball of yeast out of that thing. Hmm. Uh, was piled up at the bottom of the uh, the side of the carboy uh, when I came in the next day, and it weighed like a pound or a couple of pounds of yeast so <laughs> you didn't put that in there it must have made itself huh? right it just chugged its way out of there uh so a huge amount of yeast was generated so i started out at 66 and i did uh, essentially what he was saying which was uh i believe uh you know over the course of 72 hours i was supposed to get up to uh 69 degrees fahrenheit and so i did that i, I also did uh two minutes of o2 at a half liter a minute and um uh, you know, it it seemed to work out quite well. So once I saw this giant mass of yeast sitting there, I pulled the dry airlock. I put a, a blow-off tube in there. Yeah, you got to tame jar. those things. That's crazy. And then there was, you know, even more yeast that came out of that thing. So it was creating. And I only had like about – I only transferred about four and a half, four and three-quarter gallon of uh, wort over to the carboy because I knew that I, it was going to, you know, make a substantial head even with the uh, – Foam control. The foam control. Mm-hmm. And it and it just blew off like crazy. Wow. Well, I wonder if some part of the black sheep process isn't to manage this crazy yeast so that it doesn't, you know. 
Right, right. So lose their knockout or something. Well, and I think, you know, some of the, you know, um, I think one of the comments was, you know, the character is identical, yet one seems a little more, have a, a little more intensity of uh, fruity esters and stuff like that, and that was the black sheep beer. So I think maybe, you know, by not providing the extra oxygen and the recirculate, recirculating the, uh, the, the beer and all that, I didn't get uh, maybe that, that level. So I would think if you were going to do this and you wanted to you know, emulate that, you could do open fermentation in a, in a bucket or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised at how identical these two beers are yeah, given considering the- – the difference in fermentation. Right, in the process. Right. This goes to show you, you get the, some wort and some yeast, and they'll just take care of themselves. Right, right. Yeah. But the, I'm just amazed at, at this yeast and, and how well that turned out. Mm. It's, it's, you know, one of my new favorite yeasts. So uh, what I think we should do is everybody should hassle uh, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com. Hassle, hassle our, our sponsor. sponsor. Yeah, okay. bug, bug, the, bug the crap out oh, Okay, well. And and tell them you want them to get uh, you know a a a rig welter kit together, and uh, they should they should hassle Y yeast to give them enough uh, fourteen sixty nine uh, West Yorkshire yeast, and then uh, yeah. your winners all around. It's a great English brown. It is a fantastic beer. Absolutely one of my favorites. You got any comments to add uh, since you did the interview, Neil, uh, uh, about? Uh, the recipe or, or the brewing? Any no, thoughts? not necessarily. Uh, I'm uh, I'm with you 100%. I've, I've always wanted to try that yeast, and I always seem to miss the seasonal part of it. I want to brew when it's already gone, and I can't find any. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody should start bombarding them with email because it sounds like a great yeast to have in our assault of stuff. Exactly. Now, I've got it in my own personal stash now. So, uh, Neil, I can hook you up, but nobody else. Sorry. Yeah, nobody else did Good the interview. I appreciate that. Yeah. But Definitely. You uh, could send a slant, and I don't think Y used to be upset, but uh, everybody else has got to bug Y East for it. And, uh, you know, support the, those those good people at Y East, because without them, I think we'd be looking at a not cloned. Hmm. So, uh, got to throw a, a supporting... Uh, Nod to uh, Y yeast for this. All right. Uh, what else did we have? Well, just uh, questions that came through uh, the chat room are more just a little bit about Neil. It's the first time we're hearing him on the program, and so Dave, just curious a little bit more about him like, and how did this guy get this Cush gig? That's right, this high-paying Cush high, gig. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, All so, the fame and glory that goes nobody, with it, huh, Neil? Huh? Huh? Yeah, you already, it's, oh, uh, it's, just, it's amazing. Does your wife look at you differently now? Huh? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, not in a good way either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just maybe you know uh, how you got interested into the English and Scottish styles, and a little bit about your web website, if you wouldn't mind, for a minute or so, Neil. Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, like I said, I just developed uh, the taste for this stuff from traveling over there and having cast beer and. It, it's just become my favorite style. Uh, my website is Scottish Brewing. I mainly did that because I really think there's a lack of coverage of, of the historical heritage of brewing in Scotland. You, there's tons of books and stuff on brewing in England and London in particular. But Scotland is, is quite of, often overlooked. And uh, so as part of that, I'm also 
research it and writing a, a book on Scottish brewing history that one of these years will finally get out. Uh, don't know when, but um, it's really just my passion, and I try to keep in touch with as many microbrewers over there as I can. And in my home brewing, that's probably 90-plus percent of, of what I do are British beers, trying to replicate those styles, uh, because I don't think we have too many of them here in America that are representative of what they really taste like over there. Right. We tend to be a lot hoppier, uh, and I've really come to love that balance and the subtle flavors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are developed in those beers that that uh, you just don't get any other way. Right, the malt profile, the ester profile, um, you know, and in, in the ex- one of the the things I find as uh, uh, as an entrant in competitions and uh, or former entrant in competitions, yeah, retired member, and uh, as a judge is that you know a lot of people. Uh, you know, they think of these British beers and, and the character they're looking for a lot of times is like, it's missing that British thing. Oh, really seriously oxidized <laughs> is what they're looking for. Exactly. And it's just, you know, that's not a good representation of the beer. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're so much better. And I'm really surprised I, I bought my commercial examples at uh, the Beverages and More in Elk Grove, California. And uh, I don't know, they got a new shipment in or what, but it's really good stuff. And, and generally, I think the, the Rig Welter, the, the Black Sheep beers are well-packaged. They hold up quite well compared to uh, some of the other stuff that gets tortured through uh, the large uh, chain uh, distribution. So I was very pleased. And then just once again, uh, for folks at home, if you're looking uh, where to get this beer, go to blacksheepbrewery.com, and you can uh, find out uh, places that it exports. You can punch in your state, your zip code, everything. Mm-hmm. They make it real easy. So uh, Well worth getting your hands on. Yeah. Yeah, it's good beer. It was a nice yeah, beer. Absolutely. Totally agree. And the only other comment I, I wanted to make was that, uh, you know, Neil's 3 a.m. voice while he's doing this interview is a lot better than yours, Jamila. Well, no, because that's like a 5 a.m. voice. Oh, is that right? Right. I right, see. Right. Oh, that's right. There's the time difference. All right, exactly. I'll give you that. I'll let you off on that. Right. Yeah, it was 5 or 6 in the morning. I think it was noon their time, so about 6 a.m., and I'm always up that. That yeah, time of the see, day. I see. see. Okay, all now, right. 3 a.m. <laughs> Keep in mind, I went a, to bed about one thirty. Right, right. <laughs> Took <laughs> a nap, in three. other words. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to say Nugnia, and, you know, and I still don't have it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, you get people hassling me on my Facebook page about uh, how I'm pronouncing it. And he's like, you had it right in the interview. Well, that was 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get me to talk like I am at 3 a.m. Yeah. the rest of the time. It's like how my German's great when I'm drunk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When I'm really tired, my Norwegian is perfect. Top of the mark. Spot on. <laughs> uh, but really, uh, uh, you did a great job, Neil. Yeah, and uh, for fantastic. your first interview, at least uh, for the Brewing Network, uh, just kudos. I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate it. I I know it was probably a little bit lengthy, but I get so excited about this stuff, I don't know when to quit asking questions. That's good information, Just, though. I, uh, I think yeah. people I love, it. love it. And you'll find that most of our listeners are more similar to you anyway, where they, yeah. they get so excited about it, they're fine also. So, good job. Excellent. So, thanks. Uh, now, I know you got, uh, you, we've already got uh, a few more in the can. Neil's put a few in the can for me. Already? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good. Neil and I are quite close now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He's put some in the can for me, and uh, and so we'll be we'll be brewing those. And then uh, uh, Neil, you, you're going to have to uh, start, uh, you know, uh, looking around for for ones you want to do, and then uh, also, you know, the requests that have come in. But uh, I think you got to throw one in, uh, you know, throw one of your favorites in. 
I think that's a great idea. I'll I'll pursue that, definitely. I think there's no problem with any of the cast and crew of Canyon Brew It or the Brewing Network throwing in their favorite and having us do that. Even if they have to call in and make a bogus call. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Really, seriously. If you recall, Jamil, the the way I got this gig was emailing you about London Pride, and that's right. It was you had just mentioned it on one show about how much you were enjoying it, and that's one of the ones that uh, I think is difficult to replicate that I've always enjoyed Mm -hmm. in Britain, and I love me my uh, London Pride. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, that's another another great one. So we we got some good beers coming, and all all thanks to uh, Neil hunting down the interviews and and getting us the uh, critical information. Good, good. Looking forward to it. All righty. Well, as am I. Another fine show, Mister Tasty McDonald. Yeah, I love the beer. I love the recipe. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Another, I will like. I'll make this one. Another bit of success. Yeah, I, I think this would do quite well in competition. Actually, yeah, yeah. I think if you're looking to you know enter it as. Uh, like a you know Northern English Brown or something like that, uh, you'll they'll get their attention. You'll kick some ass. It'll taste with good. This beer, especially if you get the right yeast, they will they will they will be shocked. They will love it like I do. Anyways, uh, if you get a chance, uh, check out the Brewing Network store. There's lots of good stuff there. Uh, all sorts of uh, merchandise. You get uh, glasses, shirts, books, uh, good stuff, and it helps support the Brewing Network. And don't forget to support our uh, fine sponsor, nor- sponsor, northernbrewer.com. Until later, uh, Bruce Strong. And often. <laughs>